everyone, and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am thrilled to be here again with another TrailerCast conversation. Because these conversations have been super life-giving to me, to get to interact with people that have been listening to the podcast and are now like on the podcast and bringing in these super sacred parts of who they are, and that we get to like be co-conspirators and like, let's see where this thing goes. It's... God, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I just need to share that joy in regards to what it is that is happening when I'm, when someone shows up and it's like, Ooh, okay, what's going to happen? And that is the organic, spontaneous work of healing and beauty is that we go where it's at. We're not rigidly trying to control what happens and it's, it's not scripted. It's what it is. It's, it's how it flows. And I want you to hear that healing can happen anywhere. It just so happens that we are in these conversations. It just so happens that I get to see it all the time in the work of therapy, but it happens in the ocean. And, and when I hear my daughter laugh and when I see my husband look at me and in these moments where someone texts me at the exact same moment that I'm thinking of them, healing happens all the time, everywhere. Healing happens all the time, everywhere for everyone. And so I want you just to know that and think about this this week and as you listen to this conversation specifically, that it is always available and you are always available to you. Today's conversation is with a peer and a friend of mine in the field, Kristen. She comes with such beautiful transparency. And so I just want you guys to, um, to open your hearts to this conversation and to just to just to see to go along with it like we did enjoy okay so take me into where you're at right now and maybe what you want to like explore together today okay it's so scary (laughs) okay yeah it can be (laughs) for me it's so scary but I got that prompt um, from your Instagram it's like hey it's like something come up that like you don't get to talk about a lot mm-hmm. um, so as a therapist I work specifically with disordered eating and body image yeah like that is my jam um and Our it's field. I mean and the most fun <laughs> <laughs> but also so hard um and I so love hard. the work I do um for context, I have struggled with eating disorders, disordered eating, and negative body image for most of my life. Yeah, and then, oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then when I was in my early twenties, that's when I started working outdoors a lot, and that's mm-hmm. like when I first had my like first sort of like relief and breath from being so entrenched with hating my body. Um. And for a long time, like I really lived in that like really positive space of like, I'm strong. I am my body, like I'm going to celebrate it for all it can do. Mm. Like I was like in this really, really positive space. And um, that's when I created my private practice. That's when I, I created a retreat business. And like, so my whole life revolves around this positive body image vibe. Yes. I hear you. I hear you. And then. And then, (laughs) oh, um, and it still does. Like, so to this day, still a therapist. This is the only work I do. I like literally just got off the call with a client and um, I have like a social media presence where it's like all I talk about. And, but like two years ago, my father passed away. Okay. Super suddenly. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Your body just moved. What's going on? (laughs) Um... It's something that I, this is just stuff I, I haven't been able to talk about. Mm. Um, and so my, my father passing away was something that was super sudden. Um, it was a huge, I don't want to say it was an accident, but um, it was something that we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, a lot of my body image issues were really fueled by my father. Um, and he suffered from his own body dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. um, 
his his body image was really awful as well and a lot of that was passed down to me um unknowingly but then also like some of the comments i grew up with was something that really fueled my eating disorder totally um totally and when he passed away we had been getting to this place of feeling more connected in a way that felt good for me wow um and so we did i had just for a long time i was really angry at him mm-hmm. um <laughs> especially like when i started doing my work as a like becoming a therapist i was like totally Ugh. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad. Mm-hmm. And so I had just like opened up the pages of like thinking about forgiveness and like wanting to repair. And so this happened really suddenly. Um, and so for about two years and of course, cause everything happens at the same time I had gone skiing and I had broken my ankle like the oh. same week. And of course, of course sure. that happened. And um, so all of a sudden we were working through my dad's like sudden passing and I was on crutches and my only, the only coping mechanism that I have learned was like being outside and hiking and like having these peak experiences. And that was my only, literally only coping mechanism. The only tool you had. My only tool was now gone. And now there's no tool. (laughs) And your, your dad's dead and you're stuck in your body. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is already Uh, a dangerous like kind of place. Totally. And so in the last two years, my body has changed. Um, and although in like my deep, like knowing, like I have body appreciation, mm-hmm. I uh, have a accepting relationship with my body, mm-hmm. but I grew out, all, out of all of my clothes. I have not worn a tank top, a bathing suit, or shorts in like three years. Okay. And as someone that promotes um, body acceptance and being in relationship with your body, I feel there's parts of me that feel really um, incongruent and like Mm -hmm. not, I feel like a phony sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Hold that, right? Kristen, you... Uh, are allowed (laughs) yeah good exhale I heard that yeah you are allowed to both help guide people in their process and be in your own process at the same time and your pain does not disqualify you from being phenomenal at what you do period Yeah. I'm so happy that we're talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this Me is too. really um, big for me. This is because you were brave enough to say, This is where I'm actually at. We could have gone a hundred directions today, and you chose to like get on that mountain face. That says a lot about your character and who you are. <laughs> yeah, it's scary and exhilarating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like rock climbing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I've been, it's one of those places where I don't know where to process this. Yes. Yeah. There's, there can feel like there's a professional drought when you are in the industry to feel like, but where do I go with my stuff? And then well, let's also add in some of the, like the BS also that we add to that piece of like, well, now that I know who's in this industry, who do I actually trust with my stuff and all the reasons why I don't have to go blah, 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 blah right? Like, I mean, that's, that's this speaking for myself. So <laughs> we can see what we do, right? And then I usually go to, wow. And all the people that I get to work with have already done that work to put that aside and show up anyway. <sighs> okay. I guess I can do my stuff too. Yeah. I think it feels important to 
if I'm going to continue, like I really want to continue on this path and this work means everything to me. Mm-hmm. I see that in you. Yeah. I'm so passionate about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And like, this has been like this, this piece yeah. that I don't really yeah. know what to do with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you do with it when you exhaled and felt that relief? I just like kind of let it be, which feels mm-hmm. good. It feels good that it's just, um, it's out in the universe. Yeah. Oh, even more personal. There's like, we're two people holding it together. Yeah. Hmm. I find in a lot of my relationships, I'm very, uh, I like to be strong, <laughs> you know, and I like to like, be the caretaker or the performer, whatever. Yeah. I like oscillate between the two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, being held by someone feels really good. And also like, Oh yeah. What's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I wonder what it would be like for you to know that you could be both strong and open, a caretaker and a care receiver. Yeah. I think I know that it's just hard to put that in practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. And this is like where we really watch the work go from intellect and what we know to my experience and what I know, know in my bones, know what it feels like to be cared for. Oh, I know I'm cared for, but no, I'm, I know. And there's such a difference. Yeah. What I just noticed happening for me was like before the call being so in my head, and like having my breath be like here and so short. And now that it's like here between us, I'm like, oh, I'm so much more in my body. I can like feel my ass on the seat. Totally. Like, yeah, you feel your so whole self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo, right? Yeah. 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 It, to mirror that, I could see like, yeah, even your voice it was even higher. Like we were like, woo, 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 we're way up here. You know? <laughs> and then it's like, you can see you sink in to the work of like, oh man, I opened the door. I could, sometimes I see it, it's like I, I opened the door of my heart and I let that stuff out and I can't help but sink in. And then I'm here and that feels so much better to be in here. Inside of your body, inside of that, it feels like the return, you're returning home. What does it look like now that you're in there? What does it feel like now that you're in there? Um, I feel like it feels really solid, (laughs) Mm. you know, like I feel like really, um, I feel when I'm in my body and like when I'm really in my body, I feel confident and I feel grounded and I feel, um, like ready I feel ready, whether or not like it's like I'm gonna tell you all my secrets or like I'm ready to <laughs> go for a off. run or do whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. ready for something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That strength because you like even like leaned in. You're forward. It's like you're like a lot of things change in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You tend to operate from that place of like solid confidence. Like that seems to be like how you create your business, how you're showing up to like be like this is what I'm passionate about. I'm very clear about what I do, who I work with, and what I help them do. Totally. So for me and my experience of disordered eating and I, my eating disorder, like literally was my voice. It um, dictated everything I did, who like what I wore, what I said, obviously what I ate, like how I took validation and what I did with it. Like everything was to get the validation. And so who I was, like I felt so I feel so far from who I was when my eating disorder was so loud and so present totally and so coming out of it and like working in outdoor education and like really finding my voice in this like leader role I was like oh this is it like this is what I need to do and like so I've been this sort of like I almost cling to it like like rock climbing I guess Mm -hmm, we can just mm -hmm. use that metaphor throughout Yeah, yeah let's do it but I'm just like 
holding on to the rock for dear life of like Kristen's confident and this is how she leads and she's gonna be like fun and loud and exciting you know like because it feels so much better to be in that place than like be um run by my eating disorder yes and what I've noticed is like in this conversation I'm like wow I spend such a hard time like spend so much energy clinging to this version of myself that it it actually it feels scary to let go. It does. Okay. I spend so much time and energy clinging that it actually feels scary to let go. Okay. So yeah, I work from a confident place and I love being confident and loud and out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And there's a part of it where it's like, there's a part of that that's where it's like protective. 100%, right? <laughs> now, we can say that that's protective, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Okay. So what that says is there's a wise voice within you that says, I have something to protect. Yeah. So what are the things that you can, you can take this in and think about? What are, what are the things that I need to protect? What are the things that I'm like, you know, I'm not so sure that that gets to come all the way forward yet. That might be wisdom, not, not imposter syndrome. Yeah. I think I like protect, um, you know, like this younger version of myself that felt so unseen. Yep. Oh. And then ironically you're now keeping her unseen yeah so we we mirror that my original injury was there was this young part of me that was like maybe tender right and she wasn't seen people didn't see me they didn't get me and so now i don't know any other relationship to that part of me other than to make sure she's still not seen i almost become my own captor Mm without realizing it, because it's just what I've always known. That part of me doesn't get seen. But then today, when you did, you dropped right into your body. Yeah. Almost like a a reminder, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can see the whole self coming together in that breath. So if you were to allow the unseen parts of you to be witnessed, who do you want to witness those parts of you? Because not everybody gets to see that yet, maybe ever. That's a really hard question. Mm. You know, I think I... uh... I think my, I think for me, like there's parts of me that I'm like, I just still need to like have a reconnection with her, you know? Yes. That's where we start. That's <laughs> yeah. right. You know that it's, you, yeah. it's, it starts with you. If you can't see you, you know, then somebody else definitely won't be able to like that. Yeah, I am I'm a really good doer. Like I do all the time. I'm like, let me create a new business. Like, let me. <laughs> let me Got it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just gonna do, 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 and like I'm so I'm like constantly distracting from this like place of actual like dropping into like my vulnerability, and um, that feels like it's something I want to go like lean towards. I just mm-hmm. don't know like where does that feel safe so real that's wisdom again right is that because it feels sensitive like or like there's like um hmm, i don't i don't know who with who or when or where what that actually looks like it's like so then we don't just open the dam and jump in there right like i mean that's like my my nature but it comes to these things it's like whoa we gotta slow down then and realize that it is enough to slowly do that work and to slowly open that up and to take a peek and be like 
oh, is that her, right? There's a reason that wisdom has kept these parts of you safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, like when I, when I was younger, I, my, the first eating disorder that I had mm-hmm. <laughs> was binge eating. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that I, uh, that was my first coping skill ever. Yep. <laughs> um, and with that became, came like a lot of um, bullying. Okay. Okay. Like wow. a ton. Whoa. Come on. Um, and so I was the kid that lived in a much larger body. Um, okay. And when I look back at those times, like I um, remember, I definitely remember being a larger body, but I remember one of my, the ways that I kept myself safe from the bullying was that I would just pretend that I didn't hear what people said to me. And I would literally just like keep my head down and like keep moving. Um, and it just like that came up for me in that moment of just like, is that what I'm doing right now? Of like not Ooh. acknowledging, you know? That's a really, really beautiful question, right? Am I doing to myself what was done to me? Mm-hmm. When we ask questions like that, our body tends to give us the answer when it's like, oh, that kind of sits. How does it fit for you? I don't feel like I'm in my body anymore. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Too much, too fast, maybe. Yeah, or it's like I'm here Mm. rather than like on my seat. So what is up here telling you? offering you you know like I look I feel really connected with that little girl of needing to like keep her head down and um thinking that it's not safe enough to look up and I think I feel really connected of like ooh, is this like safe (laughs) good you know and that's where I feel connected with her right now. Okay. So why you are a healthy, qualified adult. Is it safe? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How can you let her know that? Hmm. I don't know, (laughs) to be totally honest. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's where we begin then, right? So when you think of her, do you see or know where she lives inside of you? Can you locate her in your your body? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And think about maybe how old she is or she wearing her favorite outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. She always, she always does. She's always, she always wears her favorite outfit. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And think about like, okay, so how old is she to you? She's probably about 14. Okay. Okay. So how can you send a 14 year old a message? <laughs> like a flip phone, like razor flip phone text message. <laughs> Bingo. Mm-hmm. I had the blue one, the light blue one. Yeah, it's so, a pink one. <laughs> perfect, right? Okay, yeah. So you can imagine, like, okay, so you're going to flip open that razor, bless mm-hmm. it, and you have to tick, 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 tick every single number in order to get to the right letter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What are you going to text her? That, hey, I see you. and I want you to know that like you're not alone in this I'm here for you um there's other people out there that are experiencing the same thing and you're not alone right now take a breath yeah maybe adult you needs to hear that too 
you're not alone. Other people are experiencing this. You're not the only one who feels this way. Hey, I see you. I see you. Yeah, I definitely, um, as someone that likes to send messages a lot, like mm -hmm. I, I feel like the messages that I send are for my 14 year old self all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe not through the, the razor phone, but like, I'm just gonna keep communicating with her through that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but I also do it for like, it's funny, like everyone else I'm like, burn your pants, like throw away all the clothes, you know, like whatever. And I just like, that's the piece. It's like the shame piece, you know, like I wish that I like, why can't, where, why is everyone else allowed? And I'm not allowed to wear a tank top, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so maybe we come back to that 14 year old self again to say, what does she need you to do in order for her to feel safe inside of you? Does she need you to burn the pants or not? She probably needs me to burn the pants. Like it's, it's. I, would, I want to. We want to free that girl, right? So that she can yeah. live a little larger inside of you. Yeah. Because you know, I. Do it. Sorry, go on. You go. You oh. go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. I think when I look back on that fourteen-year-old, like what I really needed was somebody, like whether or not it would be like a teacher or like a friend or anybody that knew how to navigate this shit. Mm -hmm. And like nobody really knows how to talk about bodies. I mean, we're getting better, but at that time, like it was a really tough thing to navigate you're right and nobody knew and it was more harm than help totally mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah the point is not it's not about burning or not burning the pants it's about honoring what 14 year old you and right now you need okay. so the action is completely dependent on what's most authentic to you. So the answer is not always burn the pants. The answer is, what do I need to do out of a response for how I care for the deepest, most treasured parts of who I am? The behavior may differ. Yeah. So sometimes I let people in, sometimes I talk to Elise and <laughs> we do this. And sometimes I keep it to myself and I just get out in nature and go for a hike. And sometimes I let people in and I talk to them about what's going on. And sometimes I do that work myself because I know what's best for me. Mm. I can trust that my right now self can give my 14 year old version and seven year old version and every version of me this far, everything that she needs to be okay. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the permission to, you know, have the answers be different. Yeah. I think of it like, like, really like your best friend, right? And you're like, you don't do the same thing every time you're together. Like you do what you want to do. And it's like, it's very much like when you're with yourself, it's like, I don't do the same thing every time. I'm like, I don't know what we want to do today. Like, okay, let's go to this. <laughs> let's, let's do that. So that spontaneity is from safety and from health and from fun. And so when we think about that with ourselves, it's like my behavior for self-care or life couldn't be rigid because it depends what kind of mood I'm in and what we're going to do that day. I love that. Um, you know, I think that's, it's a really, it it's a good challenge for me because I think and living in our culture and like wanting and being a person that like really values productivity like oh yeah giving myself a gift of like spontaneity is like 
cool. Yeah. Wait a second. What? What? <laughs> Did I plan my spontaneity? <laughs> that is my jam. Like I literally plan my spontaneity. And so like, this is like a very foreign concept to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this is like, this is what learning is like. So at first I didn't know what spontaneity was and then I would only allow myself to have it in controlled and pre-planned spaces. And then I just lived there because I was like doing it. And I didn't know that that you would do that without having the plan. And then I maybe tried it to just do something spontaneous and realize that, oh, I guess I don't need the structure as much as I thought I did anymore. Anymore, you did. You did need the structure in order to have it at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You won't always need it. The structure, you'll always need spontaneity. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. Like you said, like, you don't need a plan. And I literally was like, whoa. Like, You're like, so hang I, up. Like, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> we were going it. and now we're not going anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you won't always need a plan and sometimes you will need everything planned because that's also spontaneous. Spontaneous is sometimes I need to tighten it up and it's going to get rigid because I'm not safe. And spontaneously, sometimes I don't need that because I'm good and I can just go with the flow. Yeah. It's interesting. Like if I like bring it back to the journey of like my body, Yep. <laughs> like, having my dad pass away suddenly and then like all of a sudden like not having my coping coping mechanisms and then like gaining a whole bunch of weight was like definitely not a part of my plan sure thing and I've been like gripping to like having my plan be exactly the way I thought it was going to be you know and I've, I haven't let myself like caught up that like oh maybe it's like a 31 year old like your body is just going to be different than it was okay. when you were 25 or like I'm not giving myself the allowance mm -hmm. to like deviate from like being a size that I was mm -hmm. three years ago and you know this from the work there is a difference between what my body looks like and what it feels like to be inside my body what my body is so my body is home and safety it's just mine like everything in here is just mine. <laughs> right? It has nothing to do with what size pants I stuff myself into. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. So both, maybe spending time in your body as a place, right? And like subject rather than object. Yeah. You know, I think it's been this has really challenged me to really practice what I've been working, like all of my work. It's like the greatest practice. And I think like there's that piece of like, I building safety to like get comfortable with where I am now. And like, that's the, that's the piece where like, I don't know, that's where I keep getting stuck because sure. I know that it's so safe for me. Like, to wear tank tops. Like, I know it's safe. Great. And there's... <laughs> <laughs> you know that somewhere else. You're clearly not knowing that. Yeah, but there's like, there's like, then like my blinders come on and it's like, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. You got to stay safe. And I'm like, where is, why is like, why is this not lining up? And this is the stuff I want to figure out is like, I believe everything that I teach to my core, like, I'm yes, so passionate about it. And then like, where's the disconnect for me? Okay. So my immediate thought to that is then isn't that how you know it's bullshit? Like if there's a disconnect, don't you just know that that's not yours? It's like, I know I can wear a tank top and then I don't. That's the bullshit part. Yeah. So I know I'm good. And then all of a sudden I look at my tank tops and I'm like, I can't. And it's like, what the fuck? Who's that girl? Like that? No. Totally. Bye. <laughs> like that's not mine. That's not me. That's literally, at least like, that's literally what happens. Like I open my, <laughs> I open my closet and I'm like, look at my tank tops. And I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Like, that's exactly what happens. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like, I don't even recognize that girl or that, I don't like whoever that inhabited me, yeah. that, whatever that was, is like, mm-mm, <laughs> not how I roll. 
Yeah. Then if you know that, then know that it's like, whatever. That's not, that's not mine. There's no, there's nothing you have to like merge there. There's nothing you're trying to integrate there. That's just not yours. Yeah. Yes. What I've been doing with a lot of my clients is like when they're like doppelganger or critical voice comes up like that, like that was that. We just saw that happen yes, for me. We sure did. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened in real time. Like I have been like working with my clients to come at that voice with like curiosity of like what are you trying to protect me from? Mm, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, like the parts the or not theology, but like philosophy. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like, what are you protecting me from right now? And I'm like what are what am I protecting myself from? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Being free. <laughs> Being free. I'm like that because okay, okay. When my BS part shows up, it's just afraid of me like evolving to the next place of total freedom. Yeah. Totally. But I would actually be okay in the TikTok and the shorts and be like, I was like fine. Like the thing didn't happen. I was okay. It felt good. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. I think like when I look at where I'm getting stuck, there is like a piece of freedom feels sort of scary. Mm -hmm. It does. Yes, it does. So let's, let's think, flesh that out. What other words does it feel like freedom also feels like oh it's exciting Mm -hmm. like I feel like nervousness and excitement are so close (laughs) sure that's why I'm wondering if it is fear or if it's Um, just foreign yeah maybe it's just been a long time I think that that might be true Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah And I, like, I feel that, I feel that (laughs) when you said that, I was like, Ooh, it has been a minute, you know, like it's, it may have been like, since like before my dad died that like, I actually felt that. Really good awareness. Cause now you're also pulling that outside of all of this has to do from when my dad died. It's like, okay, so maybe it doesn't all rest on that date and time and place. Totally. But I like can think about like the last time that I felt like ooh freedom and excitement and like yeah it was a it's been a second yeah. for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So maybe less scary and more just whoa. When was that last time? And what does it take for me to just step back into that? Just get a little closer and just see. It feels like it lives in a spontaneous place, you know. It's like definitely something like I I don't think I can plan. <laughs> Great, I love hearing you say that because already you're trusting that it's actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's and with COVID, I mean, like we learned we can't plan anything, so can't why try. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. <laughs> does not ever yeah yeah okay where do you want to land this today I it's like the, the most beautiful takeaway for me is that like a lot of this actually I've been blaming a lot of this on my body and like not wearing tank tops and actually like this doesn't this doesn't seem to actually have a lot to do with my body. <laughs> that my body has become this scapegoat, you know, of like my lack of freedom and spontaneity and like desire to just like let it go. And instead of like letting myself do that, I'm now like focused on like my arms. Mm. It's like oh. become a scapegoat. That's power. Okay. So if it's not about my body, it's actually about my 
I've been working my ass off to try and like control and like make sense of the last like two years. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that like for me, what feels best is like this, I'm desiring the sense of freedom, but my body is like become this place of like, you can't do that. It's right. just like, it's right. a scapegoat and it's like taking all of the blame and all the pressure. Yes. Yeah. Which sounds like the most normal and natural response to grief, which is the ultimate loss of control. It's, it's interesting noticing like my like mm-hmm. landing back in my body when you mm-hmm. say things like that. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel I respond well to that. Mm-hmm. You're really showing what happens when we hear something We're like, mm, that's mine. That's for me that fits like you you're having a physiological response to this being like "Mm, that's real right totally yeah I'm pretty out there Mm -hmm. like a a hands person so I'm free to see (laughs) everything but yeah I you know like anybody that's experienced grief like it's definitely all over the place oh for me I think although it's never been linear, I'm like, I just don't know what to make of this. Mm-hmm. That's the and truth. Like, <laughs> this has been like, it's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, like, oh, there's my grief in this way that I'm like, there is showing up. It's with me, which I feel um, not grateful for. I just, sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I want to be able to touch into my grief a little bit more. And like, this feels like a really tender way to feel my grief for my 31 year old self and my 14 year old self and my dad. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And it is connected and you can see that. Yeah. So then there's almost relief or release. Totally. Mm-hmm. I would say that the beginning of our conversation felt like a, release (laughs) and like this feels like a huge relief of like oh I may just like have like one more piece of like understanding or knowing and that it's totally normal grief is amoebic and disorienting and it's a shape shifter so it's like I think it looks like compulsion okay now it looks like restriction okay now it looks like insomnia okay now it looks like loneliness like what and if we don't recognize it because it comes in so many forms and so then we don't really know what we're battling because it's constantly becoming something else Mm -hmm. it's and it won't be tamed that's the thing of grief it's like its own thing so it's normal to feel like we want to control it when everything feels so far outside of what we're actually able to control. So we control as much as we can everywhere else. Yeah, thank you. I feel really like this um, has been just like this like piece that I can like grab myself mm-hmm. with. Good. You know. Good. Yep. So then Kristen, you need to know that's what it actually feels like to be you and to live in your body what you're having right now that's actually you that's why it feels good (laughs) thank you you're welcome well done What a special conversation. I know I could probably, I probably say that after each conversation because it feels that way. It feels so stinking special, but to listen and to, to be trusted also by a peer, like in this field, does not, it's not like beyond what I can, um, it's not lost on me was what I'm trying to say. And so I just, um, Kristen, thank you for trusting me and letting today's conversation happen. I want you to know that it is, I have a lot of respect for you. That's hard to do and beautiful. And that's what, from where I could sit, that's what I could see is like, look at this beautiful woman, like unwrapping and unpackaging 
some of this stuff together and, and being witness and going with the metaphors and being in the work. And it just was inspiring and beautiful to watch and to be a part of. And so thank you. Thank you. Um, for people who also want to follow up with Kristen's work, I would absolutely encourage you to do so. It is not very often that you get to see a, a therapist who is still in her own work in such a real, raw, and like original way. Um, you can check out her Instagram at wild and weightless. She's the bomb.com, the end. <laughs> um, but I really do want to spend some time looking at body image, how we hold our, our story, what we call things, and then where we started, right? Which is like body image. And then that bookend, oh, when she gets to maybe it's, maybe it's not about my body at all. And so sometimes I think of that as like, like referential pain. So I have an injury and then I reference like my, say I have an injury in my neck, but then my arm hurts. And so now I'm obsessed with my arm pain. And so it's like, it's a, it's references that it's distance from the, the original injury. And so now I pathologize and I consume myself with the injury that isn't actually the original injury. It's just the symptoms of the injury because it's connected to my arms, connected to my neck. But I keep struggling and looking at my arm. And we do that all the time with things we're not either ready to deal with, don't know how to deal with. It's overwhelming for us to deal with. So I, I don't really know how to hold the death of my dad. And so I'm going to be rigid in my body. Okay. Like, so from even for parts of my own journey of, I can't look at the truth of, of my dad. So I'm going to look at the truth of my mom instead. I'm going to distance myself from what actually hurts. And I'm not doing this on purpose. It's subconscious. That's what's so, so interesting. And we talked about that as self-protection. We can talk about that as wisdom. We can talk about that as it's a part of my journey. I'm just not there yet. I also loved Kristen's language around doppelganger. And how funny was that? That was like, you can see when the doppelganger shows up, um, this other version of self that's like, for her, it was like the girl like looking in her closet, telling her what she clearly can and cannot wear. And it's like, it's not our true self. It's this, this doppelganger, this other. And sometimes when those shows show up, like you can, as soon as we see it's other, then my brain, I'm like, well, then that's your thing. That's, I'm not, I don't have to take that on today. That's that, that's that. So that might be something for you to play with as well, is it might be easier for you to navigate the difference between your truth and your bullshit if you can realize what, where it's coming from and if that really is like from your true self or from your doppelganger. And as soon as you recognize that, you're going to begin to identify it more readily all the time. Um, it is normal when we go through such like radical experiences of grief to feel an obsessive need to make things black and white and to find control. And grief does not only happen when we lose somebody and they die. We grieve things all the time. You know, entering motherhood was a grief of my independence. Getting married was a grief of my singlehood. Although they were like exciting and great moments, they're also filled with grief. Um, so let's make room that grief is more than someone dying. And I, I really want you to spend some time with that this week, that there are many things that have maybe been ungrieved within us because we didn't think they qualified because it wasn't like someone died. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in my office. It's, it's not like anybody died. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, okay. So like that young version of you did, that innocent version of you did, right? <laughs> she did. So we want to grieve. We want to walk through that process and being able to yield to what happens in the throes of grief. It's a crucible. And it's a crucible because there's something to be forged. There is something brilliant and resilient and glorious that comes through the crucible work of grief. I just felt myself exhale even knowing that and remembering that, and it's true. The other things maybe from this episode that I wanted to break down, it's different when two therapists are talking together because it's like we don't break down the work as much because we, we know what we mean. So the difference of being in your body and then not in your body. And I maybe will look at releasing some of the video on this too, but you could really see the difference between 
when I'm talking and I'm way up here and it's really, and it's fast and it's this and it's that, and I'm kind of like, no, 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 like all over the place. And then there was a moment when she, <sighs> massive exhale, and you kind of watch her, I could watch her, I don't know if you can hear it, but like dip in and have it herself. And that is embodiment. That's what it feels like to be home and inside yourself. Oh, deep breath. It's like it's your in body, embodied, right? And so just when was the last time you felt that way? When was the last time you were at home inside of yourself? When was the last time you were like, oh, it feels so good to be here? You know, like when you like get home, you like take your bra off. Like that's what it should feel like inside of you. And you're like, oh, I'm home. That is what it feels like to be in your body. Well, you're just good and you know where you sit and it feels right. And so embodied life, remember, is spontaneous life. Embodied life is what's good. Sister, let's go do that. I'm home. Let's roll. And so we want to be that comfortable and fluid and at ease within ourselves. And that invitation to come home is always extended. So I want to encourage you just to think about that this week as well. I'll see you in the trailer cast community. And as always, please continue to share these conversations with people who you think need to listen to them. The work of trailer cast is for the many. It is not just for the one. It is not for me sitting here in this microphone. It is for the people that get to listen. And so I am honored when you share this work and allow other people to continue to learn and grow alongside of it. Okay, everyone have a lovely week and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.